0: Hi, I'm Pastor Guy Burke. We welcome you to this week's worship with First Baptist Church Indianola. We also invite you to find out more about us at our website, www.fbcindianola.com, and don't forget to like us on social media. Join us now as we study deep truths from God's holy word. Hey, everyone! We want to say a word of thanks for you engaging in this. It's so important. That in these times we stay connected and this is an opportunity for us to connect online. So if you're watching on Facebook tonight, we invite you as always to like and share. It just helps get it out to more people. Maybe a church member that just was going through their day and they forgot about it. Your like and your share can get them engaged and they can be blessed uh, through the study of God's word tonight. Also, this goes up as a podcast. We have a worship podcast. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. FBCI worship podcasts, Sunday's messages, midweek Bible study. It's all right there for you to engage in, to listen to. If you're not available during the time that it's, it's uh, put up, you can listen to it anytime, uh, and we're having several people engage on that. So subscribe to that. Uh, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching by YouTube. Uh, we are trying to expand our digital footprint, and so when you subscribe and when you engage, it helps us do that uh, in this uh, new uh, new venture for us as a church. Uh, last week we began in our midweek study walking through the book of Galatians. We had taken some time to walk through Colossians uh, over the last several months, and so this uh, this past couple these past couple of weeks we're diving into uh, Paul's letter uh, in Galatians. And so last week we looked at the first two verses. And this week, we're going to finish out the greeting, verses 3 through 5, as we focus in on the grace and the peace that Paul writes about encouraging the church where they are at. Recently, my my son's birthday came around, and uh, he got really excited about going to the mailbox uh, because he wanted to see who was going to send him a birthday card, who was going to send him, more importantly, some money in a birthday card, right? Uh, And so he would head out to the mailbox Uh, just about every day around his birthday and a few days after to see what was coming in the mail and who had sent him a birthday card. I have to believe the church, uh, the the Galatians, the the church as, as they anticipated Paul's letter being brought to them, they were looking forward to hear from Paul. And in this greeting, Paul shares some very key important things that still apply To us today as the church. So let's begin tonight by reading verses 3 through 5, Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Paul writes this to the church Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So as we walk through this, this may seem like a simple greeting. It may seem like something as you read the book of Galatians that you can just kind of skim through, jump right into the meat or the heart of the letter that Paul's writing. But I don't think we need to gloss over this uh, because there's still applicable principles uh, for us in the church today, even in the greeting of Paul. Let's begin in verse 3. Paul is specific in his thoughts for the church in Galatia. He says, grace and peace... We see similar greetings that Paul uses, specifically in Romans chapter 1, verse 7. And he begins with two very important components of the Christian life. This is what he wants for the church. He begins with both grace and peace. Now, for Paul in his writings, Grace is synonymous with Christ, and as we move through the book, we're going to see kind of the the how He weaves that together. That that knowing Christ is experiencing His fullness and His grace, and and He wants to remind the church about that, and He and He wants them to apply that to their specific context in the situation. So, grace is synonymous with Christ. The second though, peace, a term that's used by Paul for peace is that word that that ancient Jewish word that maybe you've heard or even said before shalom and paul is wanting shalom for the church he wants that peace the the word is used by jesus actually in john chapter 14 verse 27 as jesus is speaking to his disciples and as he promises the holy spirit jesus uses this same term for peace this shalom that would come into their hearts and into their lives now this term that paul uses As it corresponds with that ancient Hebrew term shalom, shalom represents one's spiritual well-being that comes from a right relationship with God. So what does Paul want for the church? Just in these two words. Paul, what he desires for the church is he wants them to experience the grace of Christ and then he wants the peace of God to reside in their life because they are in a right standing with God. This is what he wants from them. And he continues to show that who the source of grace and peace is. He goes on, he says, God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he makes a a key theological point by by adding this and the theological point within this greeting, it depicts the close association that Christ the son has with God, the father. Remember what Jesus says what's recorded in John as well, that I and the father are one. And so Paul is linking theologically the father and son together here, that the source of grace and peace comes from them. So what does this reference mean for the church? What does it mean for you and I? All these years later, how do we apply it? Well, we realize that Paul has this desire for the church to experience the divine grace of God and peace from the living God and Savior, the Lord Jesus. This is still true for us today. We need a fresh experience of divine grace and peace in our Lord. This is what Paul wanted for the church. It is still what is available for us as the church today. And we should align our hearts and have the desire to experience the grace and peace that comes from knowing the Lord. So right there in this first verse that we're looking at, verse 3, we see something very applicable to the church today. But it doesn't stop there because as we enter in verse 4, we can see we can see the importance of what Paul's writing about. He continues in verse 4 and he says, "Who gave himself for our sins to rescue us." So now he gets deeper into the work, the redemptive work of Christ. The apostle specifies, we look back in verse 1 that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. And here in verse 4 he particularizes that Christ gave himself for our sins. So what is Paul doing? Paul explicitly shows that believers have an infinite indebtedness to Christ. As believers, we are completely and fully indebted because what Christ has done for us. I love that word rescue, that that Jesus came to rescue us. just think about that for a moment. Right here in the middle of your week, Just, Just pause to think about that. That if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus, you have been rescued. You have been rescued. And you've been rescued from the worst thing ever. And that's the sin that condemns us. And it's the sin and the transgressions that separate us from God. Isn't that mind-boggling? Doesn't that 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 makes us dumbfounded? It should make us dumbfounded. That he rescued us. And and it points to what Paul is, is, is showing at the very first step in what he writes. He's saying, You know the source of grace and peace, because he has come and he has rescued. You are indebted to him. So give yourself for him. And that's another another key application point here as we look in verse four, is that the church must consider how we give ourselves to Christ because of how Christ gave himself for us. And we must consider the question too, are we agents of grace and peace for the Lord? Or are we camouflaged into the culture with no distinguishing traits? Because if we're camouflaged into the culture, if, if we're not set apart, if we're not being agents of peace, because we know the source of grace and peace, if we're not being agents of peace and grace in our relationships, in our interactions with others, and how we walk about our lives daily, in the marketplace, in the workplace, in our family life, all the areas of our lives, if we are just camouflaged and look exactly like the rest of the world, then we need to repent. And we need to go to the source of grace and peace and ask him to change us, to mold us, to shape us into who he has called us to be. Paul continues on in this verse by describing the action taken, and we just touched on it, to rescue us from this evil age. Christ's respective work transfers Christians, okay? So think about this. You may have watched a sci-fi movie before, some sci-fi show, and, and they get into a portal, and they're transported from this area from, from point A to point B, and they're in this portal. Well, Jesus gets us into a portal, spiritually speaking. We're in, a, we're in a portal, and we're transferred from the age of darkness and death and condemnation because of our sin, and we're transferred into a new age, and that age is of light and life. Now, what is Paul doing here by using this term age? He could have described this in, in many ways, right? He could have described this in tons of ways, but he uses the idea from age to age. There's a very specific reason for that, and the reason is, is that false teaching was coming in to the believers in Galatia, and part of what they were talking, they were using this term age, that a new age was going to come, and Paul says that in Christ, the gospel you've already received you've been taken from the age of darkness into the age of light you've been rescued from an evil age and you have been brought into the place of grace and peace so paul is showing that his opponents in their false teaching guess what the gospel transcends that paul is showing that the gospel it transcends this ideology that they're bringing to the table and is above that because if you have believed in christ You have been moved. You have been transferred. You have been taken from death and darkness. And now you are to live in the light. And he says, this was all according to the will of God the Father." So it's all rooted in God's plan, in his will. So out of his love for us, he created a plan for us to know him, to experience his grace and peace, and to have the hope of all eternity. And we know this, going back to John, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Christ perfectly fulfills the will of the Father. Therefore, Paul's statement roots his teaching deeply into the plan and in the will of God. All right here in this greeting that maybe we gloss over if we read too quickly, but it still applies to us today. It still matters for us today to know that Christ has rescued us and he's moved us from the age of darkness the age of light and hope in his name he finishes here in verse five and he says to him be the glory forever paul says uses that term glory so as he ends his greeting what's he doing he ends his greeting with praise now in jewish culture during this time in the ancient day it was always consistent to move into a reverent blessing whenever god's name was mentioned so what is the apostle doing here? He he would move from, whenever God's name was mentioned, he would move into praise. And that's exactly what he does here. And We see what happens, what is stirred within us when the name of Jesus is mentioned. What does the name of Jesus stir within you when you hear his name? For Paul, he spoke of the glory and the majesty of who Jesus is, that he has rescued us. And we would benefit to do the same. As we wrap up tonight, Just a couple key takeaways for you to ponder, to hold on to as you move forward. And I hope these are portable for you and your journey as you grow in your faith. The first one is the present church must turn to the source of grace and peace. We as the present church, we must turn to God as a source of grace and peace and be agents of that grace and peace in our life. Second takeaway, disciples must give of themselves as agents of grace and peace. This is part of God's will for us. This is who we are in Christ, that we exemplify who he is by loving others and by loving uh, our great God. Finally, the name of Jesus must stir all filled worship in our hearts. May we stand in awe. May we be in awe of the one that has rescued us and speak of who he is in truth and in spirit that his name would be glorified forever and ever let me pray for you lord i thank you for everyone tuning in i thank you for everyone listening and i pray that you would move us to be brave to live as agents of grace and peace for your glory and may your name always stir worship in our hearts so that we might live for you each and every day we pray this in your holy precious name